0: Can't get enough of football? Chance, goal! Superhuman! Special, special goal! Incredible! Just incredible! Now you can get the inside look. Welcome to Football Insiders. Your home for informed, insightful and independent opinion, news and talk on football. From the team behind Fair Play Publishing and the Football Writers Festival. Oh, what an introduction! Welcome to Football Insiders, the podcast home for Fair Play Publishing and the Football Writers' Festival. We've had an unexpected break in episodes over the past couple of weeks due to our guests not being available unexpectedly, but we're now back on track. And in case this is the first time that you've caught us, we've previously spoken with authors Trevor Thompson, Jason Goldsmith, Andrew Howe, Texie Smith, Peter Kunz, Professor John Maynard, Dr. Jorge Kinyik and Greg Werner, as well as commentators and insiders, Simon Hill and Archie Fraser. Today we have a change of pace in terms of the guests and the books with David Picken, author of a charming and quick read published under our Popcorn Press imprint, The Time of My Football Life, in parentheses, or How I Spent My Long Service Leave. David is a lifelong Port Vale fan. He's played the game from age 11 to 45, which suggests he may be past that by now has since coached and refereed and is now involved as a volunteer with his local surf coast football club at Torquay in Victoria. He has lived and worked in England, Hong Kong, New Guinea and Australia and also played football in all of those places. But what this story is about is back in 2005, David promised himself that if Australia made it to Germany in 2006, he would be there with bells on and this is what his book is about. It's a travel diary and a football diary, and it's a lovely reminder for all of us of what it was like to be a Socceroos fan in June and July 2006. So please grab a coffee and have a listen as we chat to David Pickham. David, welcome.
1: Thank you, Benita. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Um, I guess first things first, especially as we're recording this um, on just a day or two after Victoria's gone back, well, Mel, parts of Melbourne, all, all of Melbourne have gone down to full lockdown again for six weeks or so. How have you coped with COVID in your part of the world and, and what do you think about the latest move?
1: Well, we're, we're, let's deal with the second, the second question first, so to speak. It just so happens I'm actually in New South Wales, just over the border, um, we've come away for a few days and we're due to leave tomorrow. So we, uh, we need to make sure that we don't leave anything in our accommodation because it would be very difficult to get hot back and, uh, say, excuse me, we left our toothbrush. Um, <laughs> so, so that's what's happening today. But as for more generally, um, I, in a funny sort of way, I, I think we, we sort of feel quite lucky, uh, you, you might put it that way because we live out of town. Um, so we don't really have to think about, uh, the, the pressures that, that come with living right in the city. Um, also I, I we're again in the fortunate position, my, my wife and I were both retired. We don't have jobs to lose. So I, I think we are sort of quite lucky in a way, I, I, only a couple of weeks ago, I returned to playing uh, golf after being shut down for several weeks. And so what I've been saying to people is if if only missing the odd game of golf is is what it's brought, then I can't really complain so that's um that's really the 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 long and the short of it for us it it hasn't really affected us in any any particular way uh One of our daughters is a school teacher for example she's had to go to school on some days for for those children whose parents um, have to work and therefore their kids have to go to school. So we've been hel- helping in the normal way that we do with, with our, with our, our, our grandchildren. And, and, and so it, yeah, in, in a funny sort of way, it hasn't really affected us in, in any serious practical way.
0: Well, I just hope, though, that when it comes to about 12 weeks' time, when you're due to come back to New South Wales again for the Football Writers' Festival, that you're able to do so. Well, well, that has crossed my mind, and I
1: certainly hope so too. Um, Yeah, uh, planning to fly, and I'm just wondering about the wisdom of that, whether a better idea might be to drive so I can be in my own little capsule, but uh, certainly hoping to be in Sydney for the Writers' Festival.
0: Yes, it'd be a shame if we missed our Victorian friends. Um, But let's let's see how it all pans out. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen between now and then as well. Mm -hmm. So um, let's move to your delightful book, as I said in the introduction, The Time of My Football Life. Um, What gave you – it's one thing to actually go to the World Cup, but what gave you the idea to write about it as well? Well, I
1: think it goes back to – the what I think of as the 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 real germ, the inspiration of the book. And this is how I see it in my mind anyway. We go back to 1966, when I was 16 years old, and the World Cup as we know was in England and England won and and so forth. But I, I watched a lot of the games on TV, but I never went to any games. And, and I was only thinking the other day, I was listening to your podcast with uh, with our friend and colleague, Jorge, um talking about the Brazilian team. And I'm sure he'll, he'll be horrified uh, for me to say that I didn't go to see Brazil play. I mean, that Brazil team was Pelé, Garincha, Jarzinho, Gilmar in goal. Um, and to think, to look back now that I didn't actually go to any games, I. I can't explain it. I can't t- tell you why, but certainly for the 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 time since then, I've always wanted to go to a World Cup, and the opportunity came uh, in for two thousand and six. Um, as I say in my book, is that uh, that wonderful Australian institution, long service leave, made, made it possible for me, and it was everything and more bonita that i that i expected it to be so i was just so thrilled with the whole experience and um, both my wife and my daughters they'd been right behind me in 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 going to the world cup they knew how much it meant to me and I just thought, I've, I've got to write this down. I, mean, I, I was writing things down as I was there, and that was email back and forth to friends, sharing the various experiences. And so that that was, if you like, really the, the initial impetus was just that feeling of just I couldn't believe that it was so all working out so well for me, and it was wonderful, seeing great players, um, I mean, the final game that I went to is a semi-final, you know, and, and I think of that as the, the highest status, I don't know whether status is the right word, the highest status game I've ever been to a world cup semi-final. It's um,
0: pretty
1: big. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's big. I mean, I was, the next big thing is the final, I suppose. And that wasn't a, a possibility. Um, so yeah, it's all of that, that just made me feel I have to write it down. Now, who was i writing it down for well i was writing it down for my wife and my daughters really because they'd vicariously shared in in the experience and so i did i did that and I I I wrote it and I put it together and I added things as you, as you do when you're writing. It's I feel it's sometimes a little bit like playing jazz. Not that I play jazz, but you're kind of improvising. You write things and you think, oh yeah, I'll I'll just pop that in and you add various bits and pieces. And so it came together quite nicely. And I got it printed and bound just for 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 those those uh, for my wife and my daughters. I had to have a few extra copies made. Those went to friends. And, and that was it. I was satisfied I'd done it. But then, of course, you came along. <laughs> and I f- learned about Fair Play Publishing. And as, as you, you've heard me say um, in your initial circular, that people looked at you a little bit sideways with Fair Play, the idea of Fair Play Publishing. And um, if I could quote you, you said, maybe they thought we were a little bit bonkers. And so, yep. all of that fitted with me uh, in the sense of writing this book. And um, so, yeah, I just thought I'd give it a go and see what you what, what what you might think. Not for one moment thinking it would it would fit the bill. And and I was just very flattered and thrilled when you replied to me and said you wanted to you wanted to publish it.
0: Yeah yeah that's right because we we actually love publishing football stories of all sorts so it w- was a wonderful change of pace for us as well. Um have you had you been to Germany before when you went for the world cup?
1: I had uh and uh, the first time I went to was when I was I was about 14 years old it uh, was a uh, the the quintessential school trip. Um we went to Germany um but then I ne- I, I hadn't been uh, again uh, until many, many years later. The friend who was my host in Berlin for the World Cup, um, she, she's a close friend of my wife and I, and we, we met when we were working in um, Hong Kong. She she is German. And wh- when we finished, we came to Australia. She went to, to, back to Germany. And we'd always promised her that we would go and see her. So I, I, I did that uh, on, on one occasion. I had a trip to to London related to work. So I went to see her. So on that trip, and where, why that's relevant is that I started to fall in love a little bit with Germany and particularly with Berlin. It's a fabulous city. It is, yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so then I, I said, to, to my friend, look, you know, if Germany win this bid, I'm going to come. And so I did.
0: <laughs> yep. Um, what, what was your most memorable part of the trip? I mean, there's so many great little anecdotes and happenings in it, but what was your, fa- what's your most memorable moment?
1: <sighs> well, that's, that, uh, it, it's a cliche to say it, it, it's tough to choose, but it, it, it really is. There were so many things. I mean, we could talk about football. Um, we could talk about uh, Tim Cahill and John Aloisi's goals in Kaiserslautern when we thought we were dead for all money, you know, one nil down, and what was it?
0: Twenty minutes to go, uh, twenty minutes
1: to go, something like that. Yeah. That, of course, uh, Harry Kuhl's goal against Croatia. I mean, and and and. The, that was just in- incredible The uh, after the game, when the players came around the pitch, this, the grandstand was just absolutely bouncing. It really was. And, uh, so that's in, in the, the game, if you like the, the, the football side of it. But then of course I had the, those experiences of buying tickets and, and I only went to Germany with one ticket for, for Australia's games. I had all the tickets as well. I just had one ticket for the Croatia game. And when I went, travelled to Germany, I knew that they were going to have the fan fest, which I think the Germans, to their credit, really brought to a, a crescendo. I mean, I've not been to World Cups before. I, I guess there was something like that uh, in, in more recent World Cups, but I think the fan fest idea was brought to a, a real head with, but in Germany they did it so well. So I was always going to go to the games. I was always going to go to Kaiserslautern. I was always going to go to Munich um, and just watch the game on the proverbial big screen. But then on the trip to Kaiserslautern, I was on the train, a packed train with Australian supporters and Japanese supporters. And again, it's an anecdote that I record in the book where a friend from the UK, <laughs> i so Incredible coincidence! I didn't even didn't even know he was going to that game. He's he's a fellow who who follows England home and away. Um, he tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Hey, Dave, what are you doing here?" And then (laughs) and 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 I was just what? (laughs) Um, and then he he just added, "Oh, by the way, this guy here is selling tickets." Um, now I, I. I didn't know what selling tickets meant in, in, I mean, I I don't mean to sound naive in that particular context. I didn't know whether it was somebody who had a couple of tickets that they were selling or what it was. So I looked around, saw the guy, and and just, just at that moment, um, a young Japanese girl, she had just bought some tickets from this fellow and was toddling off back down the, the carriage. So I purchased a ticket from him. And in the process, I could see that he had bagfuls of tickets. Uh, I did venture to suggest that whether he had a ticket for the Brazil game, and he wanted far, far too much money for that. So anyway, I purchased a ticket from, from him for J- um, Japan and Australia. In the process of inquiring about the Brazil ticket, he gave me his business card, um, Jack, Tickets.com. <laughs> Which really <laughs> makes you wonder, you know.
0: He, he wasn't from
1: Trinidad and Tobago, was he? No, I, I, he sounded American to me, and uh, um, and so so I had his ticket. Uh, and again, as you know, it's reproduced in full, splendid, technicolor in the book, um, with names removed to protect the. Uh, is it the innocent or the guilty? I don't know. We're one of those two, probably both of them. Um, probably
0: guilty.
1: Yeah, they're probably. And uh, yeah, so he, I got the ticket and I looked down at the ticket and the ticket was endorsed, Football Federation of Australia. And um, my friend who I mentioned who tapped me on the shoulder, he and his uh, uh, friend who he was traveling with, we sat next to one another in the, in the ground. So the, the tickets were numbered consecutively, and um, they weren't odds, odd tickets. They were they were continuous. You know, I you I, I see them how they get printed off a um off a ticket machine, almost like a, a concertina of tickets. They they were just conti- And that, that's what he had in his bag. Uh, he had lots and lots of tickets. So all of these tickets that he he sold, my friends was the same. Football Federation of Australia. We can only speculate as to where those tickets came from. But I was very happy to be at the game, I have to say, (laughs) given given what, what transpired.
0: Yes, and considering what we know about World Cup ticketing and how different federations have, in fact, use their allocation from FIFA to make money on the side. Not yes. that I'm saying that FFA did that, but certainly someone would have been someone making a pretty been, penny. Yes, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, again, something I mention in the book is um, your, your your friend, Andrew Jennings, um he uh, I, I happened to s- listen to an ABC radio interview just before I went to Germany, and it was Andrew was being interviewed, and he made the comment, something along the lines, that if you buy a ticket in Germany on the street, the source of that ticket will be what he called the blazers, uh, yeah. meaning. Th- those people who, who, who wear the blazer with the badge. The, yeah. n- not the Chuck blazer, but he probably is a blazer as well, or was before he passed away. Um, so, yeah, he was talking about those um, football federation of any country, those people who get themselves into positions of influence, and they have the, the FA blazer with the badge. So I think that was how he, he coined the term blazers. Um, so Yes, yeah. yes.
0: That, yeah, that's right. So, uh, I mean, one, one of the things that struck me too about reading the book is not, I mean, there's there's that story and, and getting tickets, but the other one is just being part of the festivities, as you mentioned, um, in different cities. And the particular one I liked, and I don't know, I, even to this day, I'm not quite sure why it struck me, but I always find it charming when I read it in the book, and that is about the pinks. So you know, tell me, tell us about the pinks because I enjoy it.
1: <laughs> okay. Now look, I'm going to have. Uh, I, I will tell you about the pinks, but just before we do, well, before I do that, um, I, 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 I think I'm going to disappoint you with my choice of music. But it, I, I'm I'm happy if you want to override me and use a bit of uh, music which suits the pinks okay so let me just say that to start with <laughs> okay, okay so so we're we're in Kaiserslautern a um, small town not 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 a big town and the 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 stadium again as, as as you and i both know is at the top of a hill so you you've got to walk through the town and and go up the hill to the, to the stadium and the, the town on world cup days was packed with seemingly not just with people who were going to the game. There were, as I say, it's a small town. There were far, far more people than the, than live in that town um, on, on, on game day. And they seemed to have fantastic street, uh, performers and there were, there were several, there were all, all kinds of different things, but it was this. Group of musicians, I I call them the Pink's because they, these were um, seven or eight six seven or eight guys. I mean, how can I say this kindly? O- old enough to know better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the way that I would put it. Um, and they were playing a particular kind of music, uh, which it would be would be associated with the, the the english group from the 60s the shadows they used to um they were the, the band that played with cliff richard but they also had a career by themselves uh, and, and a great a good re- recording success just playing instrumental music and that's what these guys were playing they all had the fender guitars um and it was uh amplified with battery driven amplifiers and. um They were all wearing suits, top to bottom. Suits, waistcoats, matching shirts and ties. The shirts, uh, sorry, the the, the suits and the ties were pink. A a delightful shade of cerise pink. And so I dubbed them the
0: pinks. Yeah, and you've got some wonderful photos of them.
1: Well now this, the 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 photos is an interesting one because i i took photos as 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 we all did but on the uh, way home uh, back to berlin on the train this is after the italy game so yeah it was a, it was i saw the pinks on the day of the italy game um on the on the way home on the train somehow i lost my camera so my pinks photographs were lost And for over a long period of time, I've looked on the internet, and as we all know, Doctor Google is just an amazing thing. How it can you search something and it it gives you an answer. Well, the Pink's defeated Google, right? And uh, I forget how long ago this was, but it was uh, yeah a few a couple of years ago now. I thought, I'll have another look. I'll have another try. And I found a guy who lives in Kaiserslautern who had a website. And he posts photographs. And I thought, I wonder if he has some photographs of the 2006 World Cup. And sure enough, he did. Um, and so I wrote to him and explained the, the circumstances and said, uh, I, I'd love to use the photographs of the pinks if you could... Uh, give me permission i'd be very grateful or i'd be prepared to pay something and he replied to me saying no problem just give my my website and um a reference on in your book and i'll be very happy so that's the source of the photographs of the pinks
0: well that's a great story as well um mm. have you been have you been to a world cup since
1: uh went to south africa
0: mm-hmm. and do you plan yeah. on going to another one other than 2023
1: I'd I'd like to think I would go to another one yes i mean uh, the uh, twen- the 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 one after qatar uh 2023 well,
0: in australia I-
1: uh, no, no, the the, the the Men's World Cup.
0: Obviously, in
1: Australia, I'll be going to as many games as possible, and hopefully I'll be going to a final
0: with Australia in it.
1: Um, but, yeah, the next Men's World Cup is the one that's shared by Canada, USA, and Mexico. Is that Have I got that right? That's,
0: that's right, in 2026, yeah.
1: yes. Yeah, so that's on the cards for me, I think. Um, and so, yeah, I'd, I'd hope to go to that one. I would have gone to Brazil. But uh it just was unfortunate it coincided with a, a major family birthday. My wife's uh, parents um, were celebrating their ninetieth birthday, uh, and so we had to be in Europe in the summer of, of that of that year. but uh, yeah, South Africa was great as well. I mean I, I have little bits and pieces of a story of South Africa uh, because what we did there we we uh, my, I went to Germany by myself, as, as I think I, it's mentioned in the book. But uh, my wife joined me in South Africa, which was, which was a great thing. And so what we did, we did the South Africa holiday as well as the World Cup. So we, we were there for quite some time. Um, went, went ahead of time and did the uh, Kruger National Park and all, all the rest of it and Drakensberg Mountains. Um, and then the World Cup started. So, yeah, that, that was uh, that was good fun
0: too. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, yeah, there was a great opportunity for many people to travel yeah. at that time to go to yeah, South Africa. Yeah. Um, well, I have to ask, which which game did you enjoy the most? I mean, you've talked about the, the ticket purchasing, we've talked about the pinks and, you know, for those who get a hold of the book, you know, there's a whole lot of lovely little stories in there. But when it comes to the actual football, uh, which game did you enjoy the most? <sighs>
1: That's that's another one that falls into the category of difficult to choose. As, as, as we've, we've already said, tw- 20 minutes to go when we were 1-0 down. So we'd had 80 minutes of football where we were sort of feeling pretty down. You know, here we are. After all these years, we've made it to a World Cup. And mm-hmm. um, we look as if we're going to lose the first game. And that would really put us behind the eight ball. So... Other than that final 20 minutes, that game wasn't particularly enjoyable um, from, from an Australian supporter's point of view. I mean, fine, fine game of football, end to end, as we say, and so forth, it wasn't, wasn't not enjoyable in that sense. I mean, I'm just talking about from the perspective of an Australian supporter. Uh, Croatia, from, from the first minute, we were all on the edge of our seat as to what could happen. It was, um, um, we, we, we knew what we had to do. Um, Croatia scored first, um, so (laughs) straight straight, but then Australia to their credit, I, I felt anyway, came back fairly strongly. They weren't uh, the, the, the players, the, the team. They weren't dismayed by going down one um, by by one goal. So the the the, uh, the tension was there all through and the, the the game. So I I think I think I'm going to choose Croatia, the Croatia game.
0: And what about you? You said you made it to the second stage match between Australia and Italy. Yeah. Um, Take yourself back to the final moments, Lucas Neal and Fabio Grosso. Was it a penalty or was it not?
1: Well, look, you know, I've (laughs) at the the last Football Writers Festival, I spoke to Matthew Hall. And I said to Matthew, "Uh, your book starts where mine finishes
0: yes it does doesn't
1: it isn't it strange in that in that kind of way and we talked about that and i have to say i i admire matthew's position on it he he's, he's far more thoughtful than analytical because what matthew says is that lucas should have stayed on his feet and if if i wear my very moderate footballers hat <laughs> as moderate in the sense of my ability if I wear my moderate footballers hat I know that he's right but if I wear my football supporters hat I was at that end the the end of the uh, where the the the, the, uh, the the Italy was defending and um, so I had a really good view of it so yeah Lucas should have stayed on his feet Matthew is absolutely right but it wasn't a penalty.
0: No, I totally agree. And and for if you're wondering, too, about Matthew's book that David's referring to, it's called If I Started to Cry, I Wouldn't Stop. Um, and that's actually a quote from Lucas Neal when Matthew interviews him soon after that game it's um, one of many short stories in there. I'm going to finish, uh, David, by asking you what you're listening to at the moment uh, in terms of music. Uh, for our Football Insiders playlist, and obviously, it's not going to be uh, the FBI by the shadows. <laughs>
1: um, all, all, the wonderful <laughs> land that, that was yeah. that was another one I thought of, uh, which yes. would fit. Um, Bonita, with music, I, I'm someone who has sort of fairly Catholic tastes. I, uh, I, I'm a big Beatles fan, you know, I, I, I saw the Beatles when I was 14 years old, um, the, and um. Rolling stones, all of that, but i I'm a fairly uh, as I say fairly Catholic tastes, so d- during the lockdown as well as watching certain things on TV like uh, Sunderland till I die and not, and all that sort of thing um I've been listening to some old music I've been returning to some some old music, and the one I'm going to ask you to do and is it's by a band that they were kind of uh, they they were, I would say popular, they were current in the American, they are um, from the, in the late sixties and early, early seventies. I saw them when I was a student um, in, in Bristol in the UK. Uh, the, the name of them is Delaney and Bonnie, that's a husband and wife, Delaney and Bonnie and friends. And they were one of these bands that were sort of like a, um, they were a band's band musicians used to go and watch them and friends um that they had some permanent friends like people like leon russell rita coolidge but sometimes they could have people join them on stage and and people are going to say i don't believe this but this is actually true <laughs> the night that i saw them they were joined on stage by eric clapton and um and another fellow, he'd just broken up with three friends from Liverpool, their band, name of George Harrison. And <laughs> so this was at the Bris- at the Colston Hall in Bristol, um, just absolutely fantastic. And they have a song, which I think is actually pretty... It's pretty opposite in this time of our uh, recent announcement by the FA with the, the 11 principles. The title of the song is... We've got to get ourselves together.
0: Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, okay. We could go into it more on that, but yeah, that sounds like a good one to finish off the program. I'll just
1: give you the second line because that's also relevant as well. The first line is we've got to get ourselves together. The second line is take some time and talk it over.
0: Right, which is what they will said they'll do. And they'll, they've certainly yes. taken some time. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, David, for your time. Um, it's always a, always a great pleasure to to talk with you. And, of course, for people who are able to get to the Football Writers Festival, assuming David can get there as well, yeah. um, he will be one of the people that we'll be hearing from. And Benita, that's can I it. just
1: say, well, no, we might be tight for time, but you haven't asked me about my dinner party.
0: Oh, okay. Tell us about your dinner
1: party guests. Sure. I've got I've got several dinner parties, but I know you're only going to allow me one. Yes. I've got a, I've got dinner parties where I would invite referees, I would invite coaches, but you your top I, 5 your
0: top five. Yeah, yeah. I, I
1: I I I've thought about this as you might imagine, and my my dinner party. Uh, the one that I've chosen, it's important, I think you'll appreciate this, it's important in in the sequence in which the guests arrive. Okay? So the first guest is yourself.
0: Oh, thank you. That's very nice. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You'll you'll understand why in a moment, I think. The second guest is Mr. Sepp Blatter. Right. The third guest is Gianni Infantino. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've we've already got them there. They will arrive and they won't be put off by seeing you. They'll just, oh hello Benita, how are you? Blah blah blah. That'll be okay. But then the fourth guest is Andrew Jennings.
0: That would be fun.
1: And the fifth guest is
0: Jens Weinreich. Right. That would be a great group. <laughs> I might I must make sure that Andrew and Jens listen to this so they can think about the idea of the three of us having dinner with Seth Blatter and Gianni Infantino and you, David. That would be yeah. great fun.
1: And and actually fact the person that I couldn't fit in, maybe they this person could come with someone else and say, I hope you don't mind, but I brought my friend and that would be Marina Hyde from The Guardian.
0: Oh, she's fabulous, isn't she? Yeah. Well, that's a great dinner party and I think that's a great way to end Football Insiders for this week. If you want to catch up on your football reading, please head to fairplaypublishing.com.au where there are not only a range of books such as David's, um, The Time of My Football Life on Australian football history, culture, biographies, fiction and memoir, but the back catalogue of the Football Insiders podcasts, as well as our new Play On magazine. And don't forget also, we've mentioned it a couple of times, if you can get to Sydney on 26 and 27 September, we've got the second annual Football Writers' Festival where tickets are just $15 for the two days and you can purchase those tickets from footballwritersfestival.com.au. They're selling fast and there are limited numbers due to COVID restrictions, so don't miss out. In the meantime, David, to you and your loved ones and everyone else in Victoria especially, we're all thinking of you. Stay safe, maintain your social distance. An extra special shout out to our listeners in Victoria and wishing everyone all the best. We're going to close with a brief excerpt of David's choice of music from Delaney and Bonnie and Friends, calls we've got called We've Got to Get Ourselves Together. This will be fascinating. And we'll be back next week with another Football Insiders podcast. Thanks so much for listening and thank you, David.
1: Thank you, Bonita. Thanks for listening to Football
0: Insiders from the team behind Fairplay Publishing, home of the Football Writers' Festival. Be the first to get inside access by subscribing. And to get more, head to fairplaypublishing.com.au.